that is a quick way not only to give back to the community and say, hey, you know, I can see how my donation has directly impacted um, people in our community who need help. Um, but then also it has connected me with other people who want to do the same thing and who are actively trying to do that on a voluntary uh, basis. The Bible says, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so hmm. one person sharpens another. And so for me, that's kind of um, what I have found in the in the relationships I have made and the people um, that I have connected with in this group is that I learn from them, they learn from me, um, and we help each other understand the world in a new way. And we help each other bring light, goodness, and positivity into the world. Welcome to the Unleashed Generosity Podcast, exploring the intersection of faith, service, philanthropy, and community. I'm your host, Aaron Scott. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're doing well and that your holiday season is off to a great start, even though we're experiencing an unusual 2020 and you may not have been able to get together with loved ones over Thanksgiving. I hope that you're staying safe and healthy and Um, are able to try to find um, some glimmers of hope and encouragement in the midst of what's been a very challenging year. This is the Unleashed Generosity podcast. You can find us online at www.unleashedgenerosity.org. You can also find us on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. You can listen to all past episodes of the podcast on the Unleashed Generosity website, and you can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. I would appreciate uh, you taking some time if you've enjoyed past episodes, or even if you're here for the first time, but you love uh, what you hear, and take some time to go to Apple Podcasts and do a rating or review. That would be most helpful. You know, as we think about the holiday season, it's certainly the season of giving when there's uh, a great focus in American culture and in our lives on the idea of trying to be a blessing to others, trying to help others in any way you can to make their lives more meaningful. And that can be especially challenging right now in, in this season of COVID because we can't maybe go and volunteer and do hands-on service projects the way we have done in the past. So I thought I'd just share acts of service, 15 things that are just ideas maybe that you could do with your family or with a neighbor. Give it some thought. Maybe these are some ways you can get engaged in your local community. You could sign up to run or walk a race and to raise money for every mile that you complete to donate a certain amount of money to charity. Organize a food drive or just participate in collecting some food for a local food pantry. Assemble a care package to send to a missionary or to a service member abroad. Organize or participate in an angel tree program where you adopt a child and provide some gifts for them. Donate blood. Donate some gently used clothing to a thrift store or maybe some household items. Write an encouraging letter or a card. Make a financial gift to a charity in honor of somebody you love and then let them know that you honored them by making a gift. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about a variety of different causes, but especially the issue of domestic violence. And there's probably a domestic violence shelter that serves the community wherever you live. And that would be a great organization to support. In the drive-thru, pay for the car behind you. 
collect some grocery carts out in the grocery store parking lot and put them back into the into the little corral there. Buy a gift card for a bus driver, a teacher, a custodian, a cafeteria worker, somebody who could really use a little extra money and encourage them and thank them for what they do. Uh, maybe do something, write a note for a healthcare worker, thank them for what they do and tell them why you appreciate the way they're serving right now. Let somebody else go first in line or go first in traffic. Give up a parking space if you and another person are pulling in at the same time. Make a Ziploc bag full of cold weather supplies and donate it to individuals who are homeless. That includes socks and hand warmers and maybe a few snacks and a bottle of water. Or maybe bake some cookies or a holiday bread or something and deliver it to a neighbor or an elderly shut-in or somebody who uh, just needs an encouraging treat. So those are just some ways that you as an individual, you with your family, you could get kids involved. There's all sorts of ways, but think creatively as we go through this holiday season and think about how you can be encouraging and generous and bless another person on these days to come. Another great idea would be to join a giving circle. And today's guests are three women who have been part of a local giving circle that's been started here in my region called 100 Plus Tri-Cities Women Who Care. And uh, you're going to learn in today's episode a little bit about what a giving circle is. You're going to hear a little bit more about how this one got started and about how simple they are to have everybody who can give a little bit bring that little bit that they have to offer together add up to make a huge impact. So I'm excited to welcome Claire Marr, Nancy Knight, and KC St. Louis, who will tell us about 100 plus Tri-Cities Women Who Care, a local giving circle. Thank you, guys. Welcome to the Unleashed Generosity podcast. Thanks for having us, Aaron. Uh, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves and just give us a little bit of background about you, and uh, then we can jump in and learn a little bit more about uh, your great organization. Claire, you want to go first? Okay. Sure. Um, my name is Claire Marr, and I am the media coordinator. Um, I'm a volunteer with 100 Plus Tri-Cities Women Who Care. I live in Johnson City, Tennessee. I'm married, two kids, ages five and eight. I am a nurse and I work in uh, healthcare quality. And um, I volunteer, like I said, with the Giving Circle, um, also with a couple of other organizations, um, one of which is the, the Tennessee Action Coalition, and we um, work to improve the health of Tennesseans. Um, so I love I love this work because it makes a difference in our community, but it also really does impact health in a positive way. So as a nurse, that is beautiful to me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm Casey St. Louis, and I own Abingdon Olive Oil Company. It's a small business. I have two shops, one in Abingdon, Virginia, and one in Kingsport, Tennessee. How long have you been a part of the Giving Circle? Oh, gosh, I think about a year now. Angela Baker with VIPC told me about it. I mean, I've spent my life doing a lot of different philanthropic. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Really cool story there was the first 20 minutes were really important to oh. find a child. Otherwise, it was going to be significantly more difficult to, to try and find them. We didn't have cell phones and we didn't have the national network across the highways that we have now. So we hooked up with the Department of Transportation and 
uh, and the rest is history pretty much, you know, now you have signs up ahead that tells you when there's an accident or when there's an Amber alert. So when I walked into, when I opened my store in Kingsport in 2016, I took my staff when we first opened down to Main Street Pizza. And as we walked in and sat down, everybody's phone buzzed and nobody knew what that was. Oh my gosh. And I looked at it and it was the Amber Alert. So um, it was really cool to see that finally come to fruition. And now, you know, everybody knows what an Amber Alert is and, and when it pops up. So that's probably one of my favorite things that organizations that I was involved with. And, and uh, I think you always need to give back to the community. Hmm. My dad was uh, one of the starters of Polio Plus, which is a rotary program. And uh, now years later, that's been very uh, effective to eradicate polio on the planet. So we were kind of raised with that thinking that you give back to the community when and if you can. Great. Nancy, tell us about yourself a little bit. I'm an old grandma of seven, not not really so old, but um, my husband and I retired and we moved to Tennessee in 2017, partly to be closer to our daughter who lives in Jonesboro and who started 100 plus Tri-Cities Women Who Care. She works from home. Okay. She's the executive director of a nonprofit called Reframe. Okay. They work to eliminate substandard housing oh, okay. and it started in just Appalachia but now it's a nationwide organization and part of the reason we moved here from New Jersey is to help her once a week we usually go and help with her children who are seven and four. Well glad you found a home and that you're finding ways to give give back and get involved. How long has this organization been in existence and any sort of background stories about how did it get started? Maybe you have some insider knowledge on that since your daughter was the one that kind of got it off the ground. She started it in August 2018. She just decided she wanted a new challenge. I guess she was getting bored. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's amazing. Since she's a nonprofit leader, you would think she'd have way too much right. to do not be bored. Right. But. Two little kids. I don't know. She didn't have enough to do, but she wanted to start something new. And she had heard about this giving circle idea and thought it would work here. The first thing was to try to get a hundred women to sign up to be members. Although she said it would start even if we didn't have a hundred women. So from August until February, when the first meeting was going to be held, we were trying to recruit members. Yeah, I was excited about it. So I talked to people. There's a team of women who joined, four women joined and their average age is probably 87. The oldest is 92. No kidding. That's so cool. uh, It is exciting because it's it's great for all ages. Yeah. Is she the oldest member, your 92-year-old member? I think so. And she has been to um, meetings in person when we've been able to meet in person. Yeah. She's excited about the group as well. Claire, explain to us, you know, so Nancy mentioned it's a giving circle. Can you explain a little bit more about that concept? Like what is a giving circle and how does it work? Yes, yeah, so that's a, that's an awesome question. Um, giving circles are are fast, they're um, impactful, they're easy. Um, essentially, what we do is we bring together women who are committed to donating to a cause selected by the group. These women are passionate about making a difference in our community. Our members are are really really dedicated to um, improving life for people in our region. We come together once a quarter, and three nonprofits 
who are nominated by our members. We, we pick three randomly from a pool of um, all the nonprofits that our members have nominated. And, and so the three that are selected make presentations. Um, our members then vote. And um, then all the members collect, will give, you know, their piece of a, of a donation that collectively typically totals around $10,000. So it's, it's an awesome concept. Um, it started, gosh, I think about 15 years ago in Michigan. Um, there was a woman named Karen Dunnigan, and she saw a need. Uh, there was a nonprofit in her area that needed $10,000. And she saw the need for that nonprofit um, to fund cribs. They were trying to prevent sudden infant death syndrome in their region. And she didn't have $10,000, and her friends didn't have $10,000. But she realized that if they came together as a large group, each of them could give a small portion of that, um, and if they, you know, if her friends brought their friends, if they could find 100 people to give $100, they could fund the $10,000 worth of cribs that this nonprofit was looking for um, to prevent, yes, you know, sudden infant death syndrome in their area. So, um, so that's how it started, and there are over 650 uh, giving circles of various shapes and sizes worldwide. You know, we oh. are women, so that allows us to direct our giving to things that our, our members care about. But there are groups of men, there are groups of children, there are groups, you know, all kinds of different um, hundred plus organizations throughout yeah. the world. That's such a cool model. I mean, the idea of, and it's very simple, right? Like everyone gives what they can, a small amount, and then, all those little amounts add up to a big thing. So I think that's the overwhelming part. And I talk about this with fundraising. Like a lot of people think, oh, I can't give because they have this, they imagine like the check presentation, right? Like the big cardboard cutout check. Oh, you wanted me to give, you know, $10,000 right now. It's like, no, it doesn't necessarily have to work that way. It could be a pledge over time or it could be, you know, so, but this is just such a great example of people being creative and saying like, well, let's come together and by coming together, we have a greater impact by working collectively. I think that's just such a beautiful image. And I love that it's it's women in our region sort of taking the lead because I think there's also historically perceptions about philanthropy being like a, the man as the head of the household and makes those kinds of decisions or, you know, business leaders in the community that are considered to be, you know, CEO historically have been men. So I love the idea that it's women here in our region are the first ones that are, you know, grasping onto this giving circle concept and sort of setting an example for the rest of our community to say, here's how, here's how we can be generous and make a difference. So kudos to you guys for being leaders and sort of showing the rest of us how to think creatively about generosity. That's awesome. So how does somebody join the official giving circle? Um, is there like an application on your website or how does that process work? Any woman who wants to join is welcome to do so by going to our website and completing our membership form. Uh -huh. Members do commit to a, a financial amount every quarter that will go toward whichever nonprofit is chosen um, by the majority of members. So individual membership, that level is $100 each quarter. Um, there are also teams 
we do have, you know, lower financial commitments available for people who, who want to look at that. And all that is detailed there as well. We used to allow members to join in person at our events. A lot of people would come to our events in person, check us out, see what it was all about. Yes, we did have had people who came as guests and listened to the presentation and decided to join right then and there and give. And so these events that you've done where three nonprofits will pitch to the group, these were done in person dating back to early 2019 was your first, I think you call them big give events, these quarterly decisions where you pay out around $10,000 to an organization. All those were done in person until, until COVID, I take it. Right. The first one was February 14th. Valentine's Day, yeah. uh, 2019. The last three have been virtual. Yeah, so COVID certainly threw a wrench in your normal approach, being face-to-face. I imagine that part of it has been meaningful for you all to meet other people you didn't know. And like you talked about having a 92-year-old member all the way down to, I'm sure, young moms. You know, So that intergenerational piece and that community piece where people who live maybe 30, 45 miles apart from each other that never would have met are now part of this common thing. Talk about what that experience has been like, just getting to meet other people that share your interest in giving. I think it's exciting. I wouldn't have met Claire. (laughs) Three members of our church joined. They're all young mothers. I've gotten to know them better than I did in the church, actually. That's cool. For me, it is a quick way, not only to give back to the community and say, hey, you know, I can see how my donation has directly impacted um, people in our community who need help. Um, But then also it has connected me with other people who want to do the same thing and who are actively trying to do that on a voluntary uh, basis. The Bible says, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so Hmm. one person sharpens other. And so for me, that's kind of um, what I have found in the in the relationships I have made and the people um, that I have connected with in this group is that I learn from them, they learn from me, um, and we help each other understand the world in a new way. And we help each other bring light, goodness, and um, and positivity into the world. That's great. That's the same passage that a men's workout group that I'm a part of is one of their sort of central things is that iron sharpens iron thing. So that sort of metaphor though, right? That we're here to help each other get better. That's something that you as a woman have found with other women through this giving circle. It's something that guys that I work out with every morning of the week use as a sort of rallying cry to help them be better and be engaged in their communities and better husbands and dads. So it's really, yeah, it's really, it's a profound calling, right? All of us are called to sort of get better ourselves and then do better and make the world better around us. I do like how inclusive the idea is. Any woman is welcome to be part of this group. And I like the inclusive part too, where even if you can't afford $100 a quarter, you could share a membership, right? And so it really makes it very inclusive and that any woman that's part of this community that wants to give and be involved, there's really an opportunity there to make that happen. Yeah, and our group is diverse in age. We are diverse in our geography throughout the region. We are diverse in um, race, probably other things that I am, am not aware of, but we are also diverse in our faith. So you're right, we as a group exist with this purpose of giving back to our community. And so some of us 
come at it with a faith perspective. Some of us don't, and we learn from each other. That's great. It's exciting to get together with other women who are there, especially when you're in person. Um, it's exciting to get together with people who have just come to give. Mm. And there, there's a joy in doing that. God loves a cheerful giver. Mm. And, and it's not only the joy of giving, but it's also the joy of seeing the recipients and, and their joy. <laughs> so it's yeah. an exciting, happy event when you can get together. So tell a story or two about either a nonprofit that you didn't know anything about until you learned about them at one of the big give events, or maybe like at one of the big give events, you knew about this organization and then maybe they were chosen as the recipient and just that <laughs> joy piece of how meaningful you could tell it was for that executive director or that organization to get $10,000. HOPE, which is H-O-P-E, which is stands for Helping Our Potential Evolve. It's here in Kingsport. I had never heard of it before. I mean, being new from New Jersey, this has been a great way to learn about different nonprofits. I knew about the big ones, Habitat for Humanity and Second Harvest and Appalachia Service Project, and and they have presented to our group. Mm -hmm. But uh, I've heard from 24 different organizations, so it's a great way to learn Mm. about some of the smaller groups. Hope was one that presented to us, and was chosen to receive the $10,000. Because I live in Kingsport, I was chosen to bring the checks after our meeting to Stella, the executive director. So I was able to meet with her and see the building that they were using. And she showed me a wall that had pictures of some of the students that they've worked with, teens, uh, get scholarships and apply to college and figure out what they want to do when they grow up. And she had the success stories all shown on her wall. So it was a a neat experience to see what they're doing with the money. And it made a big difference to them. And they don't have paid employees at all. Yeah. But some of these organizations, they don't have large operating budgets. They don't have large staffs. Maybe they're completely volunteer run. And so $10,000 could be a huge percentage of their annual Mm -hmm. budget for a given year. And that could really make the difference between a program being successful and continuing or not. We do what we do and we're able to do what we do because we have the support of our, our amazing partners. So we have our media partnership, which is with um, 98.5 WTFM and A Closer Look. And so they are doing an amazing job as we are transitioning or have transitioned for the time being, hopefully not for too long, um, but to do virtual events. And so we're very thankful for that. And then also we partner with Abingdon Olive Oil Company and All Aboard Travel. And both of those organizations um, help us to do things like, you know, pay our fees for our website or run Facebook ads. And so we can continue this work because of them. So we're very, very thankful to all of those partners, uh, but especially Casey's here today. I'm just going to say thank you for additionally coming and helping us talk about it. You're welcome. You know, it's interesting. I was in WTFM studios getting ready to do some voiceovers for our commercials and Tiffany Hickman has become a really good friend. And so I, I mentioned, do you know about this organization? She said no and immediately got right on board. You know, she loved everything about it and then went to the next meeting. And that's when we were having the meetings and, 
and I was serving up salads with our stuff on it try and introduce that to the ladies as well so she just really took that and ran with it and I'm super proud of her for doing that yeah awesome oh and see that was clearly providential I think that that happened because if we had not made that connection if you and Tiffany had not connected and if if she had not come to that event I don't know how we would have done these virtual events and they they would be Probably we would do them, we would do a good job, but I don't think that they would be this good. But it takes all of our members bringing their gifts and talents um, to this group to, to make it what it is. I will tell a story, though, about the Shepherds Inn. So in July of this year, um, I, was, I was going through wedding photos, and I found a photo of a friend who had played the piano at our wedding, and her name was Rachel. Um, and Rachel and I graduated the same year from Milligan College, which is now Milligan University. And Rachel was an amazing person. Um, She was academically, I mean, she was our valedictorian. She was an amazing pianist. She became an international lawyer, just outstanding. Um, And unfortunately, several years ago, Rachel was killed by her husband. It was a an intimate partner violence situation. And he also killed himself and just completely tragic. He left behind two kids. And so that has been on my heart as a as a burden, you know, that people who are in intimate partner violence situations has been something I think that that I feel called to work on. Um, but especially in July, going through those pictures and finding one of Rachel, she she was amazing. She was absolutely beautiful. And so our our big give event that happened in August, we actually um, had a nominee, the Shepherds Inn, which is a domestic violence shelter in Carter County. There were three organizations that presented. Um, they all did an amazing job. Would have been a great you know, great recipients of the funds, but ultimately our members decided that the Shepherds Inn was the best selection for that big give. So for me, it was especially meaningful because of the personal connection that I have with that need. The executive director um, during interviews after that big give event, you know, he said, that the money was like manna from heaven. They had not been able to do their traditional fundraisers. They had a huge shortfall in their budget and their demand for their services had just absolutely skyrocketed. So they were able to do things with the funds um, that they wouldn't have been able to do, like really necessary repairs to the buildings and able to continue their very, very important work. That that was especially meaningful for me. Yeah. And, for listeners, Claire and I went to Milligan together. And so we both, you know, went to school with Rachel and she was a very beautiful person in so many ways. And that story uh, of what happened with her domestic violence situation was just heartbreaking. And so knowing that there are organizations like Shepherds Inn and Abuse Alternatives in Bristol, there's a number of organizations throughout our region that are, that are there as a resource uh, to try to assist people that are dealing with domestic abuse situations. And that's such a huge issue, particularly now during COVID when people are having to quarantine. And if you are a child or a a spouse or, you know, in a, in a intimate partner relationship in which there's abuse going on, you can only imagine how hard that would be. Feel like you're trapped in the home with the person who's taking advantage of you. Thanks for sharing that story. Casey, do you have a story of a nonprofit you learned about that you didn't know anything about prior or just a po- something powerful that, that 
you've taken away because of one of the big give events? Yeah, Levi's Legacy. So I taught swimming when I was younger and had little ones in Florida for that very reason, because there were pools everywhere. And um, it's so important to teach kids to swim when they're when they're infants. I mean, it's really easy for them to learn, too, because they were swimming in their mama's womb. And so they're they're kind of used to it. And um, but it's it's a really important thing for children to know. My husband was not a swimmer at all. He was afraid of the water, even into adulthood. So that really was one of the things that had a great impact on me because I was associated with it when I was younger. And then ASD, Appalachia Sustainable Development, my some of my dearest friends are there and the work that they do is extraordinary. Yeah. I think that they didn't get it because <laughs> Levi's legacy got the money. And um, so I guess they can't get back on until the, till next year, get back on the roster. But um, it was really because of them and Angela Baker that I got involved. Okay. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my roundabout story with that. Yeah. I, uh, I featured Kathleen Terry Baker on one of my previous episodes. Um, so I did an extensive interview with her and they do great work at ASD. Extraordinary yeah. with farmers and the need that they have and all of this, you know, it's just full circle, what you can do, how you can help, how you can utilize your gifts, whatever they might be. Uh, even if you don't think that you have any talents or gifts, sometimes just giving of your time. And in this case, uh, what I loved about it was you didn't have to come up with a hundred bucks necessarily yourself every quarter. You could have four friends and just come up with 25 bucks. And especially that domestic violence story is amazing. I know some teachers that they're really struggling with that with their children. They're quite concerned that their kids aren't in school and uh, what's happening at home. So uh, all of these things are, are really important. What was the recently the um, Johnson City? the One acre? Yeah, yeah. One acre. Really cool. <laughs> you know, another thing. Mm-hmm. We're just in extraordinary times where all of these things are so necessary for our communities. And however people can give back is the most important part of it. And like I said, $25 isn't that difficult for some people to come up with. When otherwise you feel like, what do I have to give? You know, I don't have thousands of dollars to give. But when you bring it all together, you have 10000 to give. And like the pay what you can afford sort of model of one acre is really powerful too, right? Because some may have a little bit more to give and others may not have quite as much, but people deserve the opportunity to eat. So the idea that some people can pay it forward by another person's meal who's coming after you, or if a person can't afford to eat, that they could work you know, wash some dishes in exchange for their meal. I guess just the same value that the giving circle has, that we all may not have the exact same amount of money to contribute, but we all bring our little bit that we have. And when you put it together, it makes a beautiful impact. I had something to add about the Yeah, please go ahead. Um, But Ape's big give that we are actually still in the midst of right now, the branch house was chosen as the recipient of the $10,000. And I think um, about 8,900 and some has been pledged toward that so far. And the one good thing about having it be um, virtual now is that through our Facebook page and website, members of the community who are not even members have been able to give. My husband has said yeah. several times, I'm not a woman, can I give? <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It would be cool to ask some of the 
other nonprofits that weren't selected, but I'm sure that they connected with a person or two, you know, amongst the the members who became a volunteer with that organization because they were so moved. Even though ASD didn't win that big give, it was an opportunity for them to feature their story and to connect with some potential partners. Maybe got a donor, an individual donor. Nonprofits can use all the exposure and the help they can get. So if a new person is interested in joining, they can go to the website. Give us that website one more time where people go. Yes. Yeah, so, Erin, um, anybody who is interested in joining is welcome to get our website, which is com. You will find, if you visit that website, you will find not only instructions for joining, basic information about our group and how it works, but also instructions on how to be part of our latest big give, which just wrapped up. And um, our member selected Branch House in Kingsport, like Nancy said, as the recipient of that eighth big give and have pledged around $9,000 so far. Um, because of the pandemic, we are, you know, we have had people who have transitioned in their levels of giving. We want to extend a call for women who uh, would like to join. We, we invite you to join us. Um, and anybody listening, we would love to have you help our meet our help us meet our ten thousand dollar goal. We don't want you to give to us. We want you to give to the branch house and let us know that you have given so we can calculate it, uh, put it in our total, and track the impact that our group is making. Um, at the end of the day, we're really excited to be able to support them with our donations and also um, help raise awareness about the work that they are doing to support victims of um, domestic violence in Kingport. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, and that clarifies the point, too, that you guys aren't a nonprofit. So it's not like your your individual $100 a quarter comes into your organization Everyone makes their donations directly to whatever organization is selected as the big give recipient. It's you're just facilitating people being able to make those gifts directly to other organizations. Yes, that's cool. correct. Well, anything else that you all would like to share about, you know, either your experiences with the organization or anything you want to challenge us to be thinking about um, in terms of generosity, just generally an inspiring quote or a book that has been especially meaningful for you or just any closing thoughts that you would love to share? I just think that giving circle is more important now than ever because of the COVID-19. So many nonprofits are not able to hold their regular big fundraisers. So this is a way that we can help. We have been able to be flexible and change our, our way of meeting instead of meeting in person, now we have been able to do it online and virtually, so that it has worked well. It's not as much fun, but it has worked <laughs> efficiently <laughs> and has maybe gotten the word out to more people through the television station. So maybe there's the silver lining. In the long run, maybe you get you know new members or even more broad awareness of your work because these big give events are virtual. But yeah, I think we're all very much longing for the day when we can gather again in person and you know, gather around a table and share some refreshments and enjoy the fellowship of kind of learning about good things going on and get to participate in that sort of face-to-face and be in one another's presence. We're all looking forward to that for sure. In the meantime, you all are inspiring an awful lot of generosity across our region. And I just want to thank you all for your leadership in that role um, as business leaders or just volunteers or, you know, however each of you came in your own unique way to be a part of this group. And, um, Thank you for uh, inspiring the rest of us to think creatively about ways to be generous. You're welcome. 
Well, thanks so much for tuning in for this episode of the Unleashed Generosity podcast. And I appreciate Claire and Nancy and KC for their wonderful work they do, along with the many, many other women in our region who are part of 100 plus Tri-Cities Women Who Care. And thanks to all those who are part of giving circles around the country who are collectively trying to maximize their giving to, to make a greater difference in the world. I hope that maybe this has inspired you to to do some research and find a giving circle wherever you live. And uh, if you're a woman here in Northeast Tennessee, I hope that you'll go to tricitieswomenwhocare.com and check them out. It's actually four years to the day that Rachel Cunningham was murdered uh, by her husband. And so that issue of domestic violence has really been on my heart. Certainly continuing to pray for her kids and her extended family and all those that loved her. So today, if you would... uh, Take a little moment of silence and um, think about those who are in situations of domestic violence. Give a word of prayer and gratitude for those that are working on the front lines to help those that are dealing with domestic violence and consider maybe making a gift to a domestic violence shelter or an organization that's helping uh, people who are in real crisis situations today, wherever that might be in your community. Thanks for listening in. I expect maybe one or two more episodes here before we hit the new year. Check out the show notes where you'll find links to all the nonprofits that we mentioned throughout today's conversation. You'll also find the link to Daniel Cooper, whose music was in today's episode. And until next time, unleash your own generosity. Gotta be yourself then Would you hurry up and slow down You don't gotta change the world You don't gotta be someone Just gotta be yourself and love Would you hurry up and slow down You ain't gonna save the world You don't gotta be someone Just gotta be yourself and love Just gotta be yourself and love Gotta be yourself, man. Love.